This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This is the one-year Bible reading for October 9th. We are in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament this morning, starting in chapter 12. Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. Now, let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? You have planted them, in root, and prospered. Your name is on their lips, but in their hearts they give you no credit at all. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You see my thoughts. Drag these people away as sheep to be butchered. Set them aside to be slaughtered. How long must this land weep? The grass and the fields has withered. The wild animals and birds have disappeared because of the evil in the land. Yet the people say the Lord won't do anything. Then the Lord replied to me, Against mere men makes you tired. How will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, do in the thickets near the Jordan. Even your own brothers, members of your own family, have raising a cry against you. Trust them, no matter how pleasant they speak. I have abandoned my people, my special possession. I have surrendered my dearest ones to their enemies. My chosen people have roared at me like a lion of the forest, so I have treated them as though I hated them. My chosen people have become as disgusting to me as a and indeed they are surrounded by vultures. Bring on the wild beasts to pick their corpses clean. Many rulers have ravaged my vineyard, trampling down the vines and turning all its beauty into a barren wilderness. They have made it into an empty wasteland. I hear its mournful cry. The land is desolate and no one even cares destroying armies under the land. The sword of the Lord kills people from one end of the nation to the other. No one will escape. My people have planted wheat but are harvesting thorns. They have worked hard, but it has done them no good. They will harvest a crop of shame, for the fierce Lord is upon them. Now, this is what the Lord says. As the evil nations reaching out for the inheritance I gave my I will uproot them from their lands, just as Judah will be uprooted from hers. But afterward I will return and have compassion on all of them. I will bring them home to their own lands again, each nation to its own inheritance. If these nations quickly learn the ways of my people, I swear by my name, saying, As surely as the Lord lives, they taught my people to swear by the name of then they will be given a place in my people. But any nation who refuses to obey me will be uprooted, destroyed. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a linen belt and put it around your waist, but do not wash it. So I bought the belt as the Lord directed me and put it around my waist. Then the Lord gave me another message. Take the linen belt you are wearing and go to the Euphrates. Hide it there in a hole in the rocks. So I went and hid it at the Euphrates as the Lord had instructed me. A long time afterward, the Lord said to me, Go back to the Euphrates and get the linen belt that I told you to hide there. So I went to the Euphrates and dug it out of the hole where I had hidden it. 
But now it was mildewed and falling apart. The belt was useless. Then I received this message. The Lord says, this illustrates how I will rot away the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. These wicked people refuse to listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and worship idols. Therefore, they will become this linen belt, good for nothing. As a belt clings to a person's waist, so I created Judah and Israel to cling to me, says the Lord. They were to be my people, my pride, my glory, and honor to my name, but they would not listen to me. So tell them, the Lord, the God of Israel says, all of your wineskins will be full of wine. And they will reply, of course, you don't need to tell us how prosperous we will be. Then tell them, no, this is what the Lord means. I will make everyone in this land so confused that they will seem drunk from the king sitting on David's throne and from the priests and the prophets right down to the common people. I will smash them one against the other, even parents against children, says the Lord. I will not let my pity or mercy or compassion keep me from destroying them. Listen, do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before it is too late. Acknowledge him before he brings darkness upon you, causing you to stumble and fall on the dark mountains. For then, when you look for light, you will find only terrible darkness. And if you still refuse to listen, you, I will weep alone because of your pride. My eyes will overflow with tears because the Lord's flock will be led away into exile. Say to the king and his mother, come down from your throne and sit in the dust, for your glorious crowns will soon be snatched from your heads. The towns of the Negev will close, so no one will be able to open them. The people carried away as captives, they will all be taken into exile. See the armies marching down from the north. Your flock, your beautiful flock that he gave you to care for. How will you feel when the Lord sets your foreign allies over you as rulers? You will writhe in pain like a woman giving birth. You may ask yourself, why is all this happening to me? It is because of your fears. That is why you have been raped and destroyed by invading armies. Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? Can a leopard take away its spots? Neither can you start doing good, for you always do evil. I will scatter you just as chaff is scattered by the winds blowing in the desert. This is your allotment, that which is due you, says the Lord. I have measured it out especially for you, because you have forgotten me and put your trust in false gods. I myself will expose you to shame. I am only aware of your adultery and your abominable idol worship out in the fields and on the hills. Your destruction is sure, Jerusalem. How long? before you are pure. This message came to Jeremiah from the Lord, explaining why he was holding back the rain. Judah wilts. Her businesses have ground to a halt. All the people sit on the ground in mourning, and a great cry rises from Jerusalem. The nobles to get water, but all the wells die. The servants return with empty pitchers, confused, covering their heads in grief. The ground is parched and cracked for lack of rain. The farmers are afraid. They too cover their heads. The deer abandons her newborn lawn because there is no grass. The wild donkeys stand on the bare hills, panting like thirsty jackals. They strain their eyes looking for grass to eat, but there is none to be found. 
The people say, Lord, our wickedness has caught up with us. We have so please help us for the sake of your own reputation. O Lord, O hope of Israel, our Savior in times of trouble, why are you like a stranger to us? Why are you like someone passing through the land, stopping only for the night? Are you also confused? Are you helpless to save us? You are right here among us, Lord. We are known as your people. Please don't abandon us now. So the Lord replies to his people, You love to wander far from me and do not follow in my paths. Now I will no longer accept you as my people. I will remember all your wickedness and will punish you for your sins. So we're starting the book of First Thessalonians today for our New Testament reading. And as you might expect, this is the first letter of Paul, uh, written by Paul, to the church at Thessalonica. So as we've experienced so far, Paul is writing to these different churches for very different reasons. So the church at Thessalonica was in many ways a model church. Paul had many things to commend the believers for. Their exemplary faith, diligent service, patient steadfastness, and overflowing joy. But in the midst of his commendation, Paul voices a word of caution. Abounding in the work of the Lord is only one step removed from abandoning the work of the Lord through complacency. Thus, Paul exhorts the Thessalonians to excel in their faith, to increase in their love for one another, and to give thanks always for things. In short, Paul encourages them to stay on target as they labor for the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, Silas. It is written to the church in Thessalonica, You who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, may his grace and peace be We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. To our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your continual anticipation of the return of Jesus Christ. We know that God loves you, dear brothers and sisters, and that he chose you to be his people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what he said, that what we said, was true. And you know that the way we lived among you was further proof of the truth of our message. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you yourselves became an example to all the Christians in Greece. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out to you, from you, to people everywhere. Beyond Greece, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith. We don't need to tell them about it, for they themselves keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the true and living God. And we're looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us of the coming judgment. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we have been treated in Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly, even though we were surrounded by many who opposed us. So you can see that we are not preaching with any deceit or impure purposes or trickery, for we speak as messengers who have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. 
Our purpose is to please God, not people. He is the one who examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you very well know. And our God is witness that we were not just pretending to be your friends so that we would, you would give us money. As for praise, we have never asked for it from you or from anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but we were as gentle among you as a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we gave not only God's good news, but our own lives as well. Psalm 79. God, pagan nations have conquered your land, your special possession. They have defiled your holy temple and made Jerusalem a heap of ruins. They have left the bodies of your servants as food for the birds of heaven. The flesh of your godly ones has become food for the wild animals. Blood has flowed like water all around Jerusalem. No one is left to bury the dead. We are mocked by our neighbors and derision to those around us. O oh Lord, how long will you be angry with us? Forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to recognize you, on kingdoms that do not call upon your name, for they have devoured Israel, making the land a desolate wilderness. Oh, do not hold us guilty for our former sins. Let your tender-hearted mercies quickly meet our needs, for we are brought low to the dead. Help us, O oh God of our salvation. Help us for the honor of your name. Oh, save us and forgive us our sins for the sake of your name. Why should pagan nations be allowed to scoff, asking, where is their God? Show us your vengeance against the nations, for they have spilled the blood of your servants. Listen to the moaning of the prisoners. Demonstrate your great power by saving those condemned to die. O oh Lord, take sevenfold vengeance on our neighbors for the scorn they have hurled at you. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness generation to generation. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one lacking sense. I saw that it was overgrown with thorns. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked, I, and I thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. That is a good word for me this week as I'm trying to improve in my diligence, especially with housework. Not, not my strong point, but I'm working at it. I have a blessing to close. Um, it's Psalm coming from Psalm 84:11, which the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. May you focus more on Jesus's goodness than on your badness. May you get excited about his supply instead of despairing over what you lack in yourself. May you look to him and imagine what's possible instead of looking down at what seems impossible. God is doing a new thing in your midst. Lean in and look for him with expectancy today. For every good gift comes from him and he loves his children deeply. Choose joy this day. Have a beautiful day. Love you all.